0: I have to introduce Sharon. Hi. Nice to meet you, by the way. Sharon Durkin has published stories, articles, and poems in newspapers and magazines in a number of states. Even a quilting publication in Japan has showcased her work. Durkin lives in a log cabin in northern Wisconsin. Why? <laughs> My husband's there right now, so yeah. She has two sons, a golden retriever named Hannah, and a... Um, Maine Coon Cat. Wow. Pompeii? Wow. When not writing she travels quilts and teaches rug making classes. She is currently working on a Civil War poetry book and a novel set in the 1860s. Sharon. (laughs) Yeah, Wisconsin is where I have you know my summer home and where my license plates say Wisconsin I'm a Minnesotan in my heart I, I grew up in Minnesota I root for the Vikings I wear all purple when the Vikings play oh anyway um, the name of the book is Heroes Welcome um, it's been suggested I might want to change the name at some point and market it a little differently but oh well and right now this is it and this is the first attempt at publishing a book and that it's not very big doesn't take long to read but it is packed with all sorts of secrets and excitement and interesting twists okay um, the first thing that I recall writing was called pebble and I was in grade school And it was about a little rock that got washed up on shore and a little girl came, picked it up, took it home, and put it on her windowsill. For some reason, that made an impact. I remember that. I don't remember a lot of the other things I've written, but I remembered Pebble. Who knows? Um, Then uh, I feel that writing is so much more for me than just putting the words on paper. As you can see, I have a quilt back there. And that uh, has one of my Civil War poetry uh, poems on it, Drummer Boy. And then I made the quilt with the Drummer Boy. And um, the uh, uh, when I took it to have the print shop print on fabric, they said, oh, we can't do that. It'll wreck our machines. I said, no, it won't do it. They did it. Yeah. And then um, one of the other things is... Um, As you look back there in my display, we've got Chucky, and Chucky's Story is uh, my youngest son. He always said, when I be five, I be a man, and I can cross the street alone. So for Christmas a couple years ago, I created that, and I thought, well, it can't be too hard to publish something. I'll just write it and send it someplace. Well, no. Um, So I ended up running it off on my printer, And I drew the pictures except the cover Eric did when he was in kindergarten. So you can check that out. And then I have (coughs) the um, booklet there with uh, farms and farmalls and pictures of some quilts that I made um, (coughs) with farmalls on them, farmall tractors. And I did this because I saw the panel at the quilt quilt store, but my family has always had farmalls. And so I grew up learning how to drive at five years old, how to hold the steering wheel and scream at the cows when we would go, you know, they'd be pushing corn or something off with the cows. Um, And I get inspiration from the people and the experiences and the places I've traveled and that I go. And um, the other day, um, my friend Mish had her guitar at my house and my friend Dave came over with his guitar and they were jamming. And then Dave said, you know, I've only written a little song once, and it was when I was going through a divorce. And he said, you know, at that time, I was dri- I was driving in reverse, and I didn't even know it. And I said, a song, that's a song. The lyrics are back there. I, I wrote that one. <laughs> I've got a couple of songs in Nashville now, and there's a big songwriting contest. I um, submitted two things, and... Uh, Black guitar is one. It's back there. It's a poem about Vietnam and about a, um, a veteran. So, um, but Hero's idea came from, you know, people, characters, uh, you pick up little bits and things, and then imagination. I grew up, I was raised as an only child and out on the farm, and so I used a lot of imagination. I played paper dolls and, you know, talked to my dog and my cats and all, and, and, um, Then when the idea for Heroes Welcome came, it came as a movie. I could see every scene. I could see the people. I could see the trees. I could hear what was going on. And I thought, well, this is a movie. I better write that. So I thought, I'll write a screenplay. (laughs) Little did I know, you know, you've got to have every doorknob turning and phone ringing. well, that took me about two hours to figure that one out. I can't do this. So it became uh, Heroes Welcome, which is about secrets. It's about lies. And it's about decisions and choices that people make and all those decisions, how they follow us through life, um, it, and how they impact our lives and other people's lives. The first editor I sent it to... Um, said she was offended by some of the subject matter. Now, um, the story does touch on some sensitive moral issues, so I'm warning you. The second editor I sent it to, and thanks to Jean and someone else who have the same editor out east, um, she said, okay, I'll read it, and she let me know. I'm going to start reading it. A little bit later, she sent back a message. She said, wow. I never expected that. I'm surprised. I thought, my gosh, here is a woman editor who gets all these books, and she's surprised about a little turn of events in mine. Um, the characters are the main characters Laurel and her daughter Victoria. Then there's Dave and Larry and Ray and Doug and Vietnam, which is a part of it. I'm not going to be Going into that part right now, um, I'm just going to let you know more about Laurel and Victoria. What's she like? Okay, let's see if we can kind of figure out a few things. Laurel wore silence like a sheer and clinging dress. She could wrap it around herself or shed it as desired, but the aura never really left her. It followed her and beckoned to pursue. The way she wore secrets invited inspection, seduced speculation, and kept part of her out of reach. So she, now you know right away, she's... And then um, this is Laurel t- t- um, telling about, a little bit about why she's like she is. Today I shiver as I pull my sweater close. The memories of my yesterdays spill over me like warm honey. Already I'd walked over Possum Creek Bridge and was starting up the hill. I wonder why these memories are so vivid after all of these years. Then I wonder why it surprises me. Um, When Laurel was an impressionable teenager, she lost her parents. She was an only child, and her parents... Uh, had were with a band and they traveled all the time. So they put, sent her to boarding school and when she'd come home on vacation, if her parents were there, there was always a housekeeper. So she really had a lonely existence except for being at school. Um, and what are some of the secrets of her adult life? Moonlight filtered through the lace curtains and came to rest on his bare feet. He stood for an eternity in that spot. The rest of him was in shadows. I studied those feet, remembering taking each toe into my mouth, sucking, nibbling, licking, until he screamed stop and we rolled in giggles. A strange memory at a time like this. Laurel, the sound of his voice was heavy. Why, why, why? The words came from deep within the tomb. So she does have some relationships. And then her daughter. Her daughter is Victoria. And, you know, children always ask questions. They want to know stuff about us. They want to know why we did what we did and, and how it relates to them. Well, um, when Simon, my oldest um you know, would be my birthday and we would have birthday cake and um, blow out the candles and there were always you know, like three candles on my cake and Simon would say, how old are you mommy? and I'd say, oh I'm twenty-two and this went on for years and nobody ever questioned it until one day when Simon was a little older he came home from school and said, why'd you have me when you were (laughs) twelve? Oops. I had to um, revise things a little bit. So um, now um, Lo- uh, Laurel's daughter Victoria is a, a young adult woman. And she um, says, Mother, where's the picture of my father, the one taken before he left for Vietnam? She's, she searched for the picture of a lonely looking man in uniform. I'd rescued from a junk box at the antique store and passed off as her dead father all these years. I'd even named him Robert and woven fabricated tales of our grief and undying love. This tells you a little bit about Laurel's, um, um, how she is, has already had a secret there from her daughter and she's, she keeps on. But um, her daughter, she feels there's more to the story that her mother didn't and probably wouldn't talk about. But, she's, um, but the daughter, Victoria, uh, looks back at her childhood, which was in a boarding school. And she wondered about her childhood and why her mother sent her away. She's never had an answer to that. And, um, and so she starts to look into things and she starts to try and, try and figure out what's going on. And she has things going on in her own life, too, that we don't have time for. Um, my little stickies. One. All right. The stickies kind of come off once in a while, you know. Okay, I'm sorry. All right. We'll go on to this. Well, anyway, she, um, Victoria, becomes suspicious that something wasn't right about her background or mother's background. And so she goes to the school where her mother went to school, and she um, goes in and starts asking questions, and she finds out a little bit, and then she goes on and and, uh, finds uh, some other people to talk to in another town. And um, so... She knows something is amiss with her background and her mother's background, and that her mother spent her whole life lying to her. Victoria phoned Laurel and said, Mother, I'm coming home to talk to you. I need answers. And Laurel says, her breath caught, and the silence (coughs) spread. Of course, darling, come home. I whispered, I hung up, my fear of what Victoria had learned about the past loomed before me. I had tried so hard over the years to cover my past so it wouldn't interfere with her life and in doing so had delivered her into confusion and pain. I stared in horror at the truth now looming before me. I grabbed the photo of the stranger soldier I'd passed off as her father all those years. Victoria, here is your father. My angry daughter grabbed the photo from my hand, and in the scuffle it fell and the glass broke. Shattered pieces of glass lay covering a second photo I'd wedged behind the soldier picture. Victoria turned toward me. What about me, mother? Will you ask my forgiveness for all the years of lies and deceit? Mother, answer me. I couldn't look at Victoria. I got up and went to the window and pressed my forehead against the pane. I heard broken glass crunching as she walked out of the room and out of my life for three years. I couldn't tell her some secrets. They were mine alone. But how much would she understand of the past? And three years later, I looked up and saw Victoria watching me. Her expression was fixed. I saw pain and something else. It was as if she was telling me I wasn't the only one with secrets. Her look issued a challenge I couldn't understand. How much did she know about the past?